Welcome to The Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. Each and every podcast, hosts Mike Niemer and Greg Frank will bring you energy experts to help you better understand the renewable and sustainability space. Education is important to us because it's important to you, the listener. Now here's Mike Niemer and Greg Frank. It is episode 177 of The Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. My name is Greg Frank. We're going to get to our guest, Ethan Jeffcoat, and of course, eRenewable CEO, Mike Niemer, in just a few minutes. But before we do that, we always like to check in with eRenewable COO and Niemer. So let's do that right now. Anne has a few words for us. Anne Niemer here, COO of eRenewable. If you are a wind, solar, or battery storage developer, and you're looking to find an off-taker Our online live auction is a perfect platform to help you find that buyer. Conversely, if you're a CNI customer and you're looking to establish a PPA or VPPA, our auction platform could work for you. To learn more about how we can assist you with your power purchase agreement, visit us at eRenewable.com. And now, back to the Green Insider. And we welcome you into episode 177 of the Green Insider, powered by eRenewable, alongside Mike Niemer. My name is Greg Frank. Mike, good to be back in studio again. We record the day after Easter. How was your holiday? My holiday was great. Had a whole ton of grandkids over throughout the weekend, so that's really all that matters. You yeah. know, everything's good. We went to church, uh, enjoyed our brunch, Sunday brunch and everything, so we had a very nice weekend, so it was good to have everybody together. Sounds like a good one for sure. As uh, It's always good to get the family together on the holidays, so... Let's bring in a member of our eRenewable family, at least for today. He is our guest again on episode 177. His name is Ethan Jeffcoat from Lone Star Power Solutions, kind enough to join us today. Ethan, how you doing? Doing good. Thank you guys for having me, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. So tell us a little bit about your background, and you know, I, I, the first thing I noticed, I'll be honest, you know, um, Mike, I know you won't take this personally, but a little bit of a younger guest, closer to closer to my age here. Uh, <laughs> no but, offense, no offense. Yeah, and I had to preface it that way. So just, uh, you know, how'd you get into the space? Yeah, no, that's a, a fair statement. I'm usually one of the younger guys in the room. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, so I guess kind of my background, I uh, uh, went to Texas State University, studied business, um, but grew up in Mont Bellevue, Texas, uh, here close to the Houston Ship Channel. So I have a you know, background and, uh, oil and gas kind of through family and everything. Um, started out kind of in construction, sold, uh, you know, various types of equipment, pumps, motors, valves, um, and then got into HVAC at one point. I think that's really probably where it clicked. Um, we ran into a bunch of projects where energy was kind of the, uh, the driver or the, the nail in the coffin, it seemed like. So, uh, that kind of got my wheels turning and then um, was in valve automation for a few years, um, got exposed to capstone through that, um, and then just kind of down the line ended up uh, meeting the president of Lone Star, uh, had a you know really good conversation, and then uh, from there kind of just ran with it. And so I think since I've started with Lone Star, we've seen the, uh, you know, the, the energy market kind of take a you know a few different routes and uh, I think become more of a everyday conversation so it's uh, it's been exciting and I'm you know I'm glad I'm in it at you know a young age tell us a little bit about the infrastructure with Lone Star in terms of staffing and who you're working with directly and just kind of how the whole operation you know runs itself yeah absolutely so uh, Lone Star we're a distributor for Capstone Green Energy um, so we 
sell capstone micro turbines, uh, provide you know the sales and service for that. Um, and then Lone Star, we have a you know a great team. We have an office uh, downtown Houston, and then we also have a field office in San Antonio. Um, that's our main operation center. Our techs are out of there. Um, you know, warehouse, equipment yard, everything like that. Um, so we're about 12 or 15 employees right now. Um, and, you know, still kind of growing, but, uh, you know, it's, it's been a, a good year. I think that we've seen a lot of interest come from the, um, you know, renewables and CHP side that's, that's driving business that, uh, might not be our core, you know, oil and gas market. Well, you know, recently you guys had an event that had to do with the uh, Andrade Steinbrenner Autosports team. Why don't you tell the listeners about that and, you know, from soups to nuts, because you greened up the whole event. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so Capstone is a sponsor for Andrade, Andretti Steinbrenner Racing. Um, and this not this past weekend, weekend before at Texas Motor Speedway, they uh, – powered the entire paddock um off of a capstone c65 that was running off uh rng um, i think it was a great showcase piece you know it was right there in the middle of the the paddock venue so all the guests and team members and media everybody could kind of see it um and it's a mobile trailer that you know you can pull up hook up and power you know whether it's a race event or a you know, building business, you know, whatever it might be. Well, you know, uh, several months ago we had an RNG uh, guest on, and our listeners learned about what RNG was about, about how they t- you take the waste, go through the anaerobic digester, so on and so forth. So, did you the what the product you were using? Is it something you processed yourself, or did you go to the market and buy it to bring it there? How did uh, tell us about the RNG that you used for the event. Yeah, so this event used RNG that was, uh, it's kind of a partnership between Capstone and Sapphire. Um, so they provided the gas and the tank. Um, and it was, uh, you know, really I, to dive into the how they sourced it, I, I couldn't really oh, touch you don't on know that. that one, but okay. typically, you know, we can, you know, run on a, div, you know, a diverse range of fuels. So whether it's digester gas, uh, landfill gas, um, you know, biogas, you know, the storage methane tanks. Um, you know, really there's a number of options we can we can do with the ways the gas is sourced. So other than the uh, racing event that you did a week or two ago, tell us about some of the other projects you guys either have done or have in the works and are going to do. Yeah, so we actually have a lot of uh, exciting projects right now in the works, um, you know, ranging from hydrogen to um, renewables and a number of different um you know, markets we have, you know, clearly we're probably, um, oil and gas heavy just because of our, our territory. Um, but even the, the oil and gas projects, you know, we're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, exciting projects there that, you know, I will say that it seems like, you know, we're doing a a good job of cleaning up our, our backyard around Texas. So, um, yeah, really. The, I think the the exciting ones for me right now, though, are the the landfills and the uh, renewables. I would say you know those are uh, I'd say kind of low hanging fruit as far as you know if you really want to clean up emissions and uh, you know it seems like there's a real big push for those right now as well. Ethan, before we jumped on, you mentioned 
the need to wear many hats. And uh, I'm just curious, you talk about the different projects that you're involved with. Uh, how important is it to kind of have a diversified knowledge bank in terms of how you can make yourself useful within the company? And is there one specific area that stands out in terms of, you know, where you feel like you're more well-versed in? Uh, well, I will say it's every day, you know, you're, it's a continuous learning cycle. Uh, we're in a number of different markets, any, you know, really any market that needs energy, which I'd say is probably all of them that, you know, we have a, uh, a case for, so it's, it's continuously learning. So I think that's for me been a, you know, a big, maybe not even a strong point to something that's on my mind is, you know, it's, uh, cracking the books and diving into it. I won't say I'm an expert in, you know, really any of those, but I get to work with a lot of, you know, great people, some, some really brilliant people. So, um, I think just kind of being exposed to it and, uh, you know, taking an interest, I think that's really kind of what got me to this point in my career is finding that. Well, Ethan, as you're talking about these different projects and landfill projects and this and that, let's get into some the nitty gritty. Let's have the teach the listeners a little bit about what's behind the scenes. What are you doing with that landfill project you're referring to? Where's it going? How are you processing it? So on and so forth. Yeah, no, that's that is a great question. Um, so, say a, a landfill project, how that would typically come about is uh, one. I think being looked at as an emissions you know, standpoint to lower the site emissions. Um, and they have an available fuel source. Um, that's kind of how we, you know, look at it is this, you're not having to, uh, you know, buy the power, um, and not be relying on the utility for the power. So what that means is you're going to create it into power and they're going to use it themselves. Correct. Is that yes. correct? So yes. that's typically how we will look at a project is for the, the user to consume the power. There you go. Um, and of course, now that there's, you know, the interconnection and, um, you know, the need for power that there is the uh, ability to, you know, sell it or provide it back to the grid. So that's obviously, you know, gained a lot of interest. But we, we're going to look at it as for the, consu- the our customer, or the consumer to use that um, power that they're producing. Well, you know, you and I met at the NAPE Expo. I was there with the OGGN podcast guys, and I was walking around and ran into your booth. So thank you for coming back around and uh, uh, joining us on the show. Um, when you went to NAPE, did you see more people in the space you're in or less people in the space you're in than you expected? More. I think, uh, especially this year, it seemed NAPE was very um, busy. So that was good to see compared to, you know, COVID and the yeah. past few years kind of, I think, you know, slowed everything down a bit. But no, I think it there was a good, you know, mix of, say, newer tech type companies, some uh, clean energy, you know, really, I mean, it seemed like there was a good mix of not just the oil and gas customers that some of the, the renewable side was there as well. So yeah, that's why OGGN brought me in because they're oil and gas and they wanted me to uh, be involved with the renewable and I'm glad I ran into you. So let's let's dig a little bit deeper. Who's your do you have a typical customer that you look for or is it just a wide variety of customers that you guys go after? Yeah, I would say it's a wide variety. Um I think it it can be based on the the area they're in and the market they're in. Um you know, some areas have higher 
utility rates than others. I think that that's kind of what the bottom line always is going to, you know, impact the project in some way. Well, you know, people are going to talk about in renewable natural gas. By the time you create it, the cost of it per MMBTU, it's significantly more than just regular natural gas. So you as the sales manager, when you face that question, why do I want to pay X when it's just only Y over here just at the regular market? How do you counter that? What kind of conversation do you have with the customer regarding price? Yeah, I think that's a very fair question. And how we will typically look at it is that we're going to try to find a customer that has an available fuel source. Um, so I'd say that's probably the low-hanging fruit. So the you know, landfills, the wastewater treatment plants, um, you know, oil and gas that has associated gas or flare gas or, you know, any available fuel source uh, or free fuel source, you know, that, I think that's the, what we're going to look at. Um, but obviously, you know, as the renewable sector gains momentum and the infrastructure gets there, I think we will see that cost, you know, hopefully, um, not be a premium compared to, you know, regular natural gas. Um, but I mean, if it's, I, and I think each project is different. It, it, if we're comparing it to the utility, you know, that's one thing, but if they're say they're using diesel or, you know, propane or trucking it in, or, you know, there's, I think there's multiple ways that you can look at it and every project's different. So it's kind of hard to say exactly, but, um, typically we're going to try to find the, um, the fuel that's the cheapest for the customer. And you, uh, so far, I, I forgot to, how long have you guys been in business? So Lone Star was founded in 2018. Okay. Um, so five, And so how many years. states have you all done work in so far? So we are in, so we cover seven or eight states uh, is Lone Star. So we have Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas, Arizona, Kansas, uh, and the Dakotas. So kind of, you know, spread out, but for the most part, the Gulf Coast area. I'd say the the bulk of our projects are, uh, you know, Texas, Louisiana, um, and then the other areas are growing. You know, Kansas, we've seen a few there this year, um, Alabama as well. So, um, but yeah, we have kind of have a handprint on the, the Gulf states and then a few scattered throughout. Yeah, and I mean, how do you build off that? Are you looking to build off that, or do you guys kind of know what you are and trying to kind of fine-tune that kind of Gulf area? Yeah, no, I think that's just really where um, our original customer base started. So we we took over a territory that um, a few capstone distributors had, had previously covered. Um, I think at the time, that 2015, 16 time that, uh, you know, West Texas and South Texas saw the kind of oil and gas boom that uh it just it they needed another distributor um the the great part about it though is our president and vp um were both previous capstone um or distributor employees so you know they had the background um you know i think that we have probably 40 years plus experience in our management with capstone so it wasn't like a brand new group kind of taking it over. Uh, another thing I'm curious about when you run through your timeline, I mean, you know, 2015, 2016, I think you said 2018 was when Lone Star was founded. So you had enough kind of uh, runway pre pandemic to kind of get things off the ground. And, you know, I'm curious how COVID impacted you guys. Where were you before COVID? How did it 
you know, what went on during COVID and, you know, where are you now kind of coming out of it? Yeah. I mean, COVID definitely, um, you know, impacted us. I'd say it, um, put a halt or canceled a, a few big projects that I was, you know, excited about. Um, I also think it kind of almost hit the reset button for some people. I think, um, you know, the, the books got looked at. I think people are aware of, um, you know, what they're spending on, on their power now. Um, and then also the freeze right thereafter. I think that kind of was sure. a, a catalyst to it as well. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't say, you know, COVID was great for anybody, but I think, you know, we took a few silver linings from it. We got to kind of reassess, um, look at, you know, ways we could be more efficient in what we were doing as well. So, Well, there definitely was lessons learned during the COVID and during the freeze. So those are two big events that did uh, change the way some companies were doing business, some for the better, some for the worse. But, you know, they did make changes, and that's what you had to have the ability to – what was the big word everybody used in pivot? Everybody had to figure out how to pivot during those times, right? Yeah. No, it was a a scramble for sure. It was it was a interesting time, but yeah, I mean we we had a few units that stayed up and running and um, you know, had some good um reports come out of it at least. So we were able to, you know, keep some customers lights and heater on. So that was um I guess a bit of good to come out of it but yeah i mean it's a it's been a crazy few years but i think everybody's gonna come out a little stronger from it you know it's a i don't know it's not hopefully we don't see it again but you know i think people are kind of ready for the the uncertainties at least ethan last one for me just in terms of uh kind of what's next for lone star here i mean how do you kind of see the rest of 2023 playing out and what are some longer term goals for 2024 and beyond yeah, so we uh, I think we have a pretty exciting year coming up. Um, you know, I think we have some good projects on the books. Um, I think that the the renewables sector is is growing and in a good place. Um, we have a you know we have some good stuff on the agenda. I'm I'm excited to be doing this. Um, we have a few trade shows we'll be at. I'll actually be in Chicago at the biogas trade show in um, May, mid May. Um, and then a few other ones on the books as well. Um, and then, yeah, just really trying to get back out there, kind of touching on the COVID stuff. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't know what type personality likes to be outside and kind of going all the time, but you know, I didn't have too much fun sitting in, indoors cooped up. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely out trying to hit the, hit the roads again and see as many customers or potential customers as possible. And, you know, kind of, keep the word going. I know you, you bring it up a lot, you know, the education of, of, you know, the, the energy market, I think is very important as well. And, you know, I'm here, I'm not trying to act like an expert by any means, but, you know, I think it, uh, it always helps getting, you know, any inf information out there. You know, when you referred to uh, my last question is you referred to wastewater treatment plants that you guys work on. When you work on those, are those mainly with municipalities or are there corporates involved in that too? Yes, from my experience, it's been majority uh, municipalities. Um, hopefully, we see you know the kind of private, you know, corporate-owned locations pop up. We'd be you know more than happy to look at them. But it seems like right now it's the municipalities. But uh, we have we've seen a, a number. We 
we like working with contractors as well. So if we, you know, we're hoping to find a good partnership with a contractor that can, you know, also, you know, they're in it every day, seeing it, um, you know, kind of specialize in it. So if we can be the power generation part of that puzzle, then we're, we're all for it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on the Green Insider. We appreciate uh, you coming into the studio. We always like that. It gives for a better flow of our podcast when we can do that. So we appreciate your time today. And uh, it was great meeting you at NAPE. And it was great getting to know you more on the podcast. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you, guys. I enjoyed it. And uh, thank you for having me. He's Ethan Jeffcoat, our guest on episode 177 of The Green Insider, powered by E-Renewable. For Mike Niemer, I'm Greg Frank. Again, this has been episode 177 of the podcast. Everybody make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from and leave us a five-star rating because as the saying goes, you learn something new every day and we were responsible for today's lesson. This has been episode 177 of The Green Insider, powered by E-Renewable. We'll talk to you on episode 178.